This conference will now be recorded. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> My name is Tim. I'm an alcoholic and a number of other things. Could we please have a moment of silence? Thank you. I think we all know what this is about, so I'm not going to read the, the full intro, um, except say we're recording this session and we're going to make the audio recording available later on. Um, so um, today I think we're doing step 10. Nod if that sounds right. Good. So uh, I'm going to bring up the text on screen and as usual, the text in blue is what's in the book. Uh, the text in black is some notes and all of these notes are made available on the blog. I'll put the link in the chat function later on. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Uh, we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So just uh, what I do with sponsees, as soon as they've committed to doing the steps and we start actually doing the steps, I get them doing steps 10, 11 and 12 straight away. And uh, now some people disagree with this and they're allowed to. And the line that gets used is the steps are in an order for a reason. Now, the reason they're in order is because in Western civilization, we have a linear numbering system rather than a tree branching system or some other system, which means uh, whether or not they're done concurrently, you have to put them in a list. Now, there is obviously some sense to step four coming before step five and step six coming before step seven. But the intention of the program when it was designed was to adopt this way of life as a way of life basically all at once. So as soon as you commit to the way of life, two arcs are established. There's the daily arc of 10, 11 and 12. And then there's the larger arc of steps four through nine. And I think this is particularly true today, where in contrast to early AA, where people would uh, maybe take a few hours or a few days to do the steps. Now, um, it tends to take us a few months and sometimes uh, a few years to get through the steps. Now, it's not obligatory for it to take that long. It's not obligatory for it to take that long, but it often does take that long. So um, while that's happening, even if it's just a few weeks, if someone at 5, 10, 15, 20 years sober needs steps 10, 11 and 12 to get through the day, how much more so is that going to be true for someone that's new and completely lost? Um, so we have entered the world of the spirit. Now, that's a controversial line, I think. Uh, you hear so many people interpreting it different ways. And a very simple sense, a straightforward sense is that. Uh, we've realized that we're more than just physical beings. There is something else going on and that that other thing which is going on is uh, who we really are. And I think there's a very good image for this in We Agnostics, where it talks 
about I think it talks about love and it says you can't prove or you can't prove life in the way that you can prove that the a line is the shortest way between A and B and, and, and love doesn't have much to do with reason either. So there are all sorts of things going on in the world which go beyond ordinary laws of cause and effect and, and, and physical matter. And my experience generally is that uh, I get very, very caught up in the material world. I get very caught up in details of reputation and ambition and whether or not I'm safe and what's the future going to be like and and society and politics and the environment. And uh, I, I don't have any trouble finding things to fret about. If you're having trouble finding things to fret about, I'll send you some links and I'll give you some lists of things to look up on Wikipedia. So um, that's just in case anyone is struggling to find that. <laughs> But what all of those have got to do with is the material world one way or another. And so although I've got to operate in the material world because God has no hands but ours, um, uh, I can't have that as my uh, spiritual home. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. Uh, this is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. So if that doesn't make the um, gates of the nunnery clank shut behind you, then nothing will. Uh, but the purpose of the fact it continues for a lifetime, uh, if all else fails, it's for my benefit. And so I look at anything in the program, although it's for God's benefit and for others benefit, it's also for my benefit. So I should never see any of this as, as a burden or an imposition. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment and fear. Now, where this is supposed to take place. Um, or can I just check? Is everyone else able to hear me adequately? OK, so I think, Tracy, it may be your uh, your Internet connection. I can see your audio is coming in and out. So that may have something to do with it. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment and fear. So step 10. Uh, is chiefly in the big book at any rate about uh, the moment and where my mind is in the moment and maybe what I'm engaging in materially right now or what I've just engaged in and there are three levels of inventory now that uh, the steps on page 59 are on the wall scrolls which get hung up in meetings it, they're what 200 words you can't encapsulate in 200 words every single detail about what the steps involve um so they're to be taken as a, as, as, a, as an aid memoir not as a full recipe uh the three ways in which i continue to take personal inventory are first of all this so watching my thinking and my behavior in real time uh, the second one is in step 11 at night when there's a little review or at one point during the day when there's a little review of the last 24 hours. And then there's a more thorough spring cleaning, which will happen, um, you know, a number of times a year, maybe certainly no less than once a year to have a proper clear out. But back to step 10 here, the actual instructions in the book only concern one aspect of that, which is in the moment. <laughs> And uh, 
if one takes this to be a comprehensive set of instructions, uh, uh, the simplicity of this is wonderful. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment and fear. I can happily conclude that anything that can go wrong at all is going to fall into one of those categories. Resentment and fear are the clearest. So that's when I'm upset about the past or the present or the future. Selfishness is where I'm either putting myself unjustifiably ahead of other people. The note for the Alanons is uh, obviously you have to look after yourself first or you're of no use to anyone else. So this isn't a recipe for martyrdom. But more specifically, uh, I, I tend to be very self-absorbed. And when I'm self-absorbed, if I were to ask myself what I'm thinking about, it's always me. When it looks as though it's about someone else, it's about how that personal situation or circumstance affects me. Or even if it's not about me, even if it doesn't affect me, it's certainly about my opinion. It's not about the situation. It's about my self-righteousness about the situation. So it's always about me. Dishonesty, a helpful way of looking at that is um, uh, I think there are two there are two forms. The first one is about uh, my relations with 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 others. Am I uh, lying? Am I misrepresenting? Am I distorting? Am I exaggerating? Am I withholding? And secondly, uh, I'm looking at uh, whether my dealings are straightforward, whether I've got hidden motives. And this really this together produces a catalogue of everything that can go wrong. And the next instruction is wonderful. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. So there's no analysis there. There's no we've already established in step four that resentment and fear are a catastrophe. Uh, so we don't need to do the workings again. It's just ugh, batted away, batted away, batted away. Uh, if over the course of a day, something simply won't go then you call someone to talk it through. But I don't stop every time I have a resentful thought. I don't stop every time I have a fearful thought. One thing I notice when I go, when I run, sometimes I notice in the space of 10 minutes, a dozen different angry thoughts will occur to me about a dozen completely different topics, each of which seems to merit substantive examination. But the thing is, these things, it isn't, why am I thinking of this? Why am I thinking of this aspect of politics? Why am I thinking of this kind? And what I realize is that the problem is not the situation. It's like uh, I was spoiling for a fight and then something occurs to me and I fight it. And that's really what my resentment is. I'm all, I've already decided that someone or something else is wrong and I'm right. And I'm just looking for something. And then something comes along, bam, it gets attacked. Fear is the same thing. If there is an awful lot going on in my life, I have the capacity to be frightened. If uh, there is nothing bad going on in my life, I have an equal capacity to be equally frightened, uh, except I have to scratch around harder to find what it is. And often it's actually more frightening when there's nothing going on because the fears are very amorphous and you can't rationalize them in any way. When there's literally something going on, it's much easier to rationalize. So it's actually that's why people are often that there's less suicide during wars in certainly in this country. Uh, very interesting um, uh, 
epidemiological observation. But anyway, ask God at once to remove them. But I have, a, as with everything else, I have a part in it. I have to gently and persistently turn my thoughts elsewhere. And it, what does it say? Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. God won't turn my thoughts for me. I turn my thoughts and then God does some magic, you know, behind the curtain. Uh, we discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Uh, again, I don't rush to the phone every two minutes. Um, I asked someone once, do you ever feel guilty? And he said, well, I just clear up my mess straight away. So there's never any need. Well, that would be an easy way to live, wouldn't it? But it is. You see, this is the thing where it says we thought we could find an easier, softer way. Um, earlier in the book, uh, but we couldn't. What it means is this is the easiest, softest way. If you want an easy, soft way, this is it. So that gets misunderstood. So all oh, this way is really not easy and not. And it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Uh, whatever I'm doing, I can always construe it as being a constructive benefit to other people, even if it's, you know, the housework or whatever it is. Uh, you construe, and Brother Lawrence talks about this, you pick up a leaf off the ground and you do it for God. Uh, love and tolerance of others is our code. Now, there's a section here where you start to turn statements into instructions. Earlier in the book where it's talking about alcoholism or whatever, you turn the quest, the statement into a question, you know, am I like this? Am I like this? And here you turn the statement into an instruction. Uh, love and tolerance of our code. And I think for me, love has got two aspects is taking a benevolent attitude towards other people and withstanding how they uh, and the, the tolerance is withstanding how they are. But love is also the action. Uh, in favor of other people step 10 promises people talk about the aa promises and well what they usually mean is the step nine promises there are actually promises all the way through the big book uh the big book basically it gives you some information uh it gives you some ideas and it gives you worked examples then when it gets into the program, it gives you instructions and tells you what good things will happen if you follow them. And then it gives you warnings and then bad things that will happen if you don't heed the warnings. So those those are the basic types of, of discourse you have in the book. And it's a good way to go through the book to look at those those various things, the. Uh, um, yeah, the, the, the statements, the uh, explanations, the. Uh, worked examples, the instructions, the promises, the warnings, and the uh, the, the 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 don'ts. And all that. Um, so step ten promises, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. This is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. 
Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. From an Al-Anon, from an Anon point of view, uh, what is the temptation? The temptation is to get emotionally entangled in that which appears to me to be broken or occasionally shiny, but usually broken. Sometimes the Al-Anon problem is getting involved with alcoholics because they're messed up. Sometimes it's getting involved with them because they're strangely exciting and bewitching and they have like access to some energy level that you can't access. So you need to sort of vampirically feed off their energy. But that seems to be, in my experience, that's a minority pursuit. Mostly it's they're broken and I need to fix them for some reason. So that the, the answer is detachment. The problem is attachment and entanglement. Um, what it is telling me, what it's telling me here is that it, if we apply this by analogy to the Al-Anon point of view, um, my detachment comes not so much uh, by saying, well, I'm going to detach now. It comes through doing a whole load of other stuff. And then I find myself detaching automatically. Um, I'm actually able to detach now. Uh, some days in the mornings when I wake up, uh, thoughts occur to me saying, worry about me, think about me, fret about me. And I'm able on a good day to say, detach, snip, bye bye. And then another one comes along, detach, snip. Oh, and just detach, detach. You just cut the lines as, as, as the lines get thrown in and hook themselves into you. You just you just snip them off. And, and uh, But that ability to detach as soon as something comes up. Um, I don't conjure that myself. That's a gift. And it's a gift which flows from all of the other steps. And that's an, I think that's an important point it, it is that uh, I contact the higher power and the higher power gives me the power. But it doesn't mean that I originated the power myself, but it is given to me to exercise. And there's a parallel line in the doctor's opinion where it says uh, something like provided he follow a few simple rules. Uh, he has little trouble contro controlling his desire for liquor. So, of course, I'm going to be tempted a thousand times a day to interfere, to uh, have an opinion, to condemn, to shake my head in sorrowful worry about what's going to happen. I'm, I'm tempted, 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 because that's just I think I always will be. But. On a good day, I have no problem, as I say, snip, 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 nope. No, I'm not going to think about that. No, I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to engage. As Corey says, you don't have to accept every invitation to the dance. You know, people from Alabama, they usually their little stories usually have a whiff of the old South to them. Um, so what else do we have here? Um, as long as we stay in fit spiritual condition, you see, that's the small print. Uh, the promises sound very nice until you read the small print, then they're a bit tougher. Um, so 
the last part of step 10, it's a sort of second set of instructions. So you've got intro, instructions, promises, instructions, second set. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We're not cured of alcoholism or alanonism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I sometimes make the mistake of finding it embarrassing that I have to pedal quite hard on a daily basis to keep in fit spiritual condition. This is saying, don't worry, uh, you're not different from anyone else. This is like this for everyone. Nothing has gone wrong because you have to recreate your universe on a daily basis. You have to reestablish the relationship with God on a daily basis. You have to reposition yourself as the servant of God. It's fine. That's simply, you know, that's simply the way things are. So it doesn't mean the program doesn't work. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Those are two big mistakes. Those are two big traps people fall into. So it's normal to wake up kind of weird and all over the place. With a bit of practice, within a few minutes, you put everything in place and you're fine again, but that does need to happen. If it isn't remedied straight away, in my experience, you can waste the first four or five hours of the day or indeed the whole day. If you don't, if I don't make the effort early in the morning to reestablish the right relationship with God. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. So there are a couple of points here. Uh, the first one is that any activity I undertake cannot be on my own account. It must be on, on the account of the higher power. And maybe God's will for me is to enjoy something or have fun or relax. That's fine. But I'm not doing that in a purely in my own little bubble. I'm doing this within the context of my relationship with God. Um, <clears throat> how can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. Uh, and these are thoughts which must go with us constantly. Uh, I believe that the alcoholic or alanonic or maybe human mind is one where uh, it's like the I think it's the transmission system of a car. Um, you know, if if this were a talk to a, a bunch of, of straight male firemen from Texas, I'm you know, I, I might have to get some helpful feedback here. It's not. Um, transmissions of cars. I have a feeling sometimes when when they're mis when the front axle is misaligned, the car will drift very slightly to the left or drift very slightly to the right, and it needs realignment on a regular basis or can need realignment on a regular basis. And I think it's like that with me, uh, human beings or alcoholics or Alanons. There is a constant drift towards self. Um, and that can be into morbid reflection or it can be into outward attack or but there's a because of the constant drift, there must be a constant uh, countering mechanism. And that's what this, how can I best serve thee, thy will be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. That's why it's constantly. That's why it's all of our activities, because it never becomes 100% automatic. The drift is built in. Another image which someone used once were, it's like 
little boats in a harbour where the current is always pulling the or the winds the configuration of the winds and the landscape means that the wind is always pulling the harbours out, the, 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 the boats out of the harbour. And to stay in the harbour, they can't just stay still. They've got to have their engines running to, 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 to work against the current, against the winds, against the tides. And we can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. So sometimes people, uh, it's very common in AA to suggest that being tough or strident or or uh um or, or willful is a, is a terribly bad thing and the question is not whether one has a will the question is what is that directed towards and what it must be directed towards is the relationship with god and fulfilling god's will in the world and it's as though it's the difference between trying to lift up a block of concrete on your own and directing all of your attention to operating a crane and then the crane lifts up the block of concrete with ease. Um, so it's not that I'm without will, it just gets redirected towards what actually works. Um, so this isn't a recipe, the program is not a recipe for sitting there doing nothing, waiting for God to do something for me, I can and should be doing for myself. And that's pretty much all I've got. So. Uh, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to invite other people in to share on the topic. Uh, Emma, would you like to start off today? Hi, uh, thanks, Tim. Thanks for that. Hi, I'm Emma. I'm, um, I'm a grateful member of SNON. So um, um, Sandy Beach told a story a long time ago that has always struck me about Step 10. And he talks about we have entered the world of the spirit. And he asks, um, how do we do that? How do we get into the world of the spirit? And he says, you get there. And standing in front of the gate is, uh, is an angel. And all he says, all you have to do is drop your own kingdom. And he says, what is my kingdom? Um, my kingdom is all my stuff, my resentments, my fear, my guilt, my shame. Um, and he describes how the people inside are non-entities that are just filled with God, not ego. Um, to get in there, we drop our kingdom. Are we willing to do that? Um, I know I can't fix me. We've seen this, you know, over and over. I can't fix me. It's the grace of God. I know I'm nothing without God. I, I, I know that. And without God, I can't get rid of self. You know, I've seen that consistently in the third column of the fourth step. I can't do it on my own. So what is step 10? It's about unblocking myself daily. I've done one to nine. Then in step 10, I can, I can see it and I act on it, but it's now in this present moment, like Tim said, um, I see it now because I spent a lot of time of my life uh, thinking about the future in fear or the past in anger. I was never really in the now. Um, and that's really all I have. And I found that quite a big awakening for me um, that I'm in the now, with God. There's such peace to that. Um, and I heard it said that that's the, the ideal to this connection is in this moment. Um, if I'm disturbed, I'm not in this moment with God. I'm the only person who can choose to live in the now. It's a choice and I need to choose that each day. Um, it doesn't mean that things don't happen. It doesn't mean that there aren't sad things that happen, but it does mean that I get to see it in a different way. And I don't separate 
my myself from God with all the negativity. Um, I don't practice my character defects. I don't act out all the time. Often the prayer of St. Francis is a really big thing for me. Um, I love what it says in it, you know, the love, the hope, the faith. They're beautiful, beautiful principles. And when I'm doing those things, I'm with God. That line at the middle of it, uh, by self-forgetting one finds, by forgetting self, I find peace. And I love that. I love that idea. Um, and do I want that kingdom? Absolutely. Um, honestly, on a daily basis, sometimes I feel like I've got my foot in and out of it. You know, um, I, I practice it. I try my best. I go at it. And I know and I've been told you can't practice love and hate at the same time. So I get to choose. Um, I think six and seven are quite important in this step 10. Uh, when I'm disturbed, I turn to God. Um, and I often I'm looking outwards. I think it was said by Tim before. Um, I think when I'm looking outwards, I'm trying to find blame. Um, and really, when I pause and I realize that the only thing that's wrong with you is how I see you as how I see that person. Um, people are who they are, right? And uh, they're as powerless as me. I know that. Um, when I pause, as it says, and, you know, page at the end of page 87, um, and I breathe and I stop and I don't react, that's my miracle. That's my miracle in that moment. And it's continuous, you know, I'm reconnecting to God. I'm staying in the now. And there are days I find that so very easy. And there are days I find that so very hard. Um, Joe and Charlie suggest that when I find it hard, I do it anyway, act as if. And it's amazing, but it actually works. I pretend to be okay and I'm okay. Um, I take that opposite action like in step six and seven. And I find that to stay changed, I'm in that's what step 10 does for me. And I watch. And the idea is to be awake now that I've done one to nine. And I take those things into the now. So going back to that Sandy Beach talk, um, he used an analogy. Tim Kim kind of Tim kind of said it before, but he used an amazing analogy that I really, really love. It's he was flying an airplane in World War II. And the way that they used to be able to know that they stayed on course was that it would be a long, continuous beep. But when he stayed off course, it would be small beeps, beep, 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 beep. And he said that the whole time he was hearing beep, 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 beep. And he would like slightly vary and suddenly would hear the beep. And he knew he was on course. To me, that's step 10. I'm on course and I might go slightly off, but I know how to get back there. And that's the miracle of this. That's that's the joy of this. I keep getting back on track. A bit like me with my driving and my sat nav. I always seem to take the wrong turning and then suddenly it's recalculating. And yeah, that's maybe me. I'm recalculating and that's OK. Um, I want to do God's will. I don't want to be the way I was before. I'm responsible for this moment. And I need to remember uh, I need to remember that it's my choice. God doesn't do for me that which I cannot do for myself, which is what Tim said before, too. And I really believe that I need to take the action. I'm responsible. And that's the work. Doing the instructions, asking another person if necessary, making amends if necessary. The bit I I find um, is when I um, when I turn my thoughts to other people, that is something I really love, whether it's just my thoughts, because I am an anon and I tend to rush into doing things for other people. But if I turn my thoughts or I just do something and I take my time and I don't 
and I breathe through it and I don't have to do everything, just a little thing. And finally, um, that meditation of love and tolerance. Um, I do these things because I want to be in that kingdom. I do these things because I want this way of life. I do these things because I see it in others. And to me, that's a huge push. Um, and when I do it, my day flows. And that's what pushes me forward. And it helps me to stay sane. Well, as sane as I can. Helps me to feel peaceful. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you. Uh, Evan, would you like to share? Thank you. Hi, I'm Evan Grimm, a member of Al-Anon. Um, okay. Um, I find that step 10 is the, the first of the, I guess what they call the, what do they call them? The maintenance steps. Um, as really um, the key to uh, me staying on course, as, as, as Emma mentioned from Sandy Beach. Um, if I look at uh, what got me here was being completely out of sync with reality. In other words, I had this view of, or I had this conception of, of what the world should look like, and it didn't look like that. And the more that I held on to my perception or my uh, demand that the world look a, look a certain way, and the further and further away I drifted from that reality. Um, and that causes, uh, caused me a lot of uh, spiritual pain and, and, uh, and suffering. Um, so as I work my steps, uh, step four and five specifically, but six and seven, eight and nine, I got back, um, and trying to live essentially in, in step three, um, I got back into sync with reality. In other words, I, I got rid of my delusions and I got rid of my 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 self deceptions and my denial. And I was really or the goal was to be really lined up, uh, lining up my will with 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 God's will. Um, but being that I'm a human. Um, there's always going to be that drift, uh, drift off off sync, as, as Tim said, with the uh, getting the uh, your your tires aligned. Um, so I use step ten to to nudge myself back uh, onto that alignment of of how I want the world to be and how the world actually is. Um, so I get my what I think the world should be more in line with with reality and say no this is what I want the world to be doesn't really make a difference this is how it is and this is what I need to deal with and this is what I need to accept um, and in the beginning that that acceptance was uh, begrudging um, I still wanted it to be the way I wanted it to be but it wasn't so I had to I had to make do um, and the more that I work this step, um, and I and I keep myself uh, on that. I guess you call it a straight and narrow, uh, the golden path. Um, the more I realize, no, <laughs> you know what? I'm really happy. Um, I'm really satisfied and content with with the world as as God gives it to me. Um, I, I see that that 
that God wants, gives me what's best for me. And the more I work this step, um, I wouldn't say the less I need to work it, but the less effort I need to put into doing it. So on a, on a practical point of view, what I do and what, what, I, what I've done and what I recommend all my sponsees do is start working step 10 every day, but on small stuff. In other words, you stub your toe, write a step 10, do a, do a complete step 10 on stubbing your toe. Um, you miss your bus or whatever, you were late to something or somebody else was late to something. To, to work it on these, on these small, seemingly inconsequential things, um, just as a way to, to get into the habit of doing it and to build the muscle of, of working my step 10. Um, I know I can't, from one day to the next, deal with a major issue. If I haven't spent a lot of time building up the, the skill set to, 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 to deal with whatever the issue is. So the, I always tell my, my sponsees, you can't run a marathon tomorrow. But if you run half a kilometer today and two kilometers next week and four the week after, or whatever pace uh, works for you to, uh, to build up, eventually you'll be able to uh, run a marathon. If tomorrow some major catastrophe happens, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You're going to be in a lot of pain. Um, but if you've spent the last six months, nine months, a year, uh, building up the skill set to building up the, the, the habits, and this is what we say in this 12th step, practice these principles in all our affairs. If I'm practicing, 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 um, like an athlete, uh, then at some point I'll, I will have the skill set. I will have the, the, that connection with God as I understand him to, to really deal with whatever life throws at me, um, in a, in a much better and calmer and serene way than, than I was able to before. So, Working my my ten step at every opportunity um, has, in the long run, made really no challenges, no no problems in my life. Challenges, yes, but no real problems because I know how to deal with them. I know God God has given me that that spiritual awakening, that spiritual experience that has shown me the uh the next right thing to do and and that comes from keeping the the path clear between me and him so thank you leave it there thanks uh, osho would you like to share hi everyone i'm osho i'm a member of Elanon. um thank you everyone so much for your shares they're just so helpful to me um so taking a look here for my notes. Um, for me, step 10 is set out so simply. Um, often people call me a tizzy of, I just have to tell you what happens or happened, or many times um, in the Hebrew meetings, I, I hear people call me and say, let me tell you, I, I'm experiencing powerlessness. I gotta tell you what I'm powerless over, you know, and wanna give me all the details of everything that happened. And, and that's not what step 10 tells us to do here. 
And so I often say, hold on, hold on. Have you read step 10 lately? Let's go over it line by line. So if anyone on the call here wants to give me a call at any time and we'll go over step 10 line by line, I'm happy to do it. Um, for me, it's so helpful to go over it again and again and again. Um, and it's so simple, you know, and, and I, for one, often forget that first and foremost, it says we ask higher power to remove it. And so more and more by going over it with people uh, who call, I've gotten you know, more and more used to, oh, wait, I, first I have to ask higher power to remove it. And then the point of the call to another person, it doesn't say here that we're doing it in order to relive the adrenaline and keep it going. And I have to tell you how justified I am, right? It's about figuring out essentially whether or not I owe any any amends, you know, what is my part in it? Um, and so keeping that in mind as well. Um, the resolutely turning our thoughts, um, I've, I've adapted some something some types of thoughts for me that are very helpful in resolutely turning my thoughts and so once again if anyone wants some of those ideas I'm I'm happy to share them um, and um, um, and I love the word resolutely right it, it means for me at least at least with determination right like I need to make an effort because if I'm sitting in a resentment or in a fear it doesn't come easily to, to turn my thoughts to higher power or to, hurt or to helping another person. You know, that's one of the last things I want to do. I'd like to call people and tell them everything that's going on, you know, <laughs> like, listen to me. This is my and that's not what it says to do. Um, the step 10 promises are absolutely amazing. Um, I want to point out the, the first promise of ceased fighting anyone and everything including alcohol. For many, many, many years, I only read ceased fighting alcohol. And I only realized literally just a few months ago how much time I spend in my head fighting everyone and everything. It says the opposite, right? But that's what I do is I, uh, I'm supposed to meet a friend after this meeting. And so I, you know, I can have this undercurrent that's, that's almost unconscious talking. It just chatters away 24 seven, you know, telling me about how they're not going to be there or they're not, they're going to tell me they don't really want to see me or it's going to be short. Or it's not going to be fun or, you know, like all, and then I'm in this constant fight position, you know, and, and it's, um, it's not really, I, I'm not really aware of it most of the time. And so um, really working a step 10 and being in the moment and being more and more aware of these thoughts that are just these undercurrents that are constantly going on for me and making choices with regard to my thoughts of, wait a minute, I'm right now at the meeting. I don't have to be where I'm going to be after the meeting. This is where I need to be right now, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen after the meeting and I don't need to make up scenarios. That's not where I put my energy today. Um, and so I, I, I just have really been mindful of that, of that promise. Um, our new attitude or attitude toward liquor has been given a, a new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. And so um, a lot of people say I'm working on a character defect. I'm working on a but this is not a self-help program. This is a spiritual program. And so, you know, I just need to follow the instructions. There are definitely things that I need to do, but then I need to turn it over to higher power and trust the process. And, and often I have conversations with people about not trusting the process. You know, I'm impatient. It's not happening uh, quick enough. Life isn't happening X, Y, Z. But it tells us here that everything's going to happen in higher powers time. It's okay. And not only that, but um, 
everything is going to happen. I don't know what that is. I, we've talked so often in this meeting as well about how I might think that something's a character defect, but higher power might need that for something. How do I know these things? You know, I have this tiny little human mind. Um, and and I, I will say for, for one that I am amazed at the changes that higher power makes in me. Um, this idea of position of a neutrality, um, I find that to be another way of saying detach with love for an Anon. Um, and finally, the paragraph about asking higher power how I can serve, it, it, it slowly over the years is, is becoming a more and more constant question throughout the day. I, I still often forget, you know, um, but more and more it's showing up quantitatively and also qualitatively, right? Um, it, um, I try to do it as much as possible and, and it really helps, is helpful in forming my day and in my attitude. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Elisheva, would you like to share? Hi, thank you. Hi, my name is Elisheva. I'm a member of SNN and Al-Anon. Um, so like many of us, I started searching for a solution to my problems before I got to to program. And I had come across Eckhart Tolle and practiced the power of now for several years. And as much as I practiced, I didn't see that anything changed in my ability to stay in the present. And it was basically non-existent. When I came to program, I worked the first nine steps. I started doing step 10, and I didn't see how step 10 was any different than the suggestions of Eckhart Tolle. And I didn't think that there would really be much of a change here. But as I had worked the steps, many changes had come into my life. And so I said, I'll give it a try. I'll see what happens uh, when I do it. And over time doing step 10, I found that I am able to be more and more present. And I believe that the changes took place because as opposed to all these other methods that I tried before coming to program that were teaching me to try to change myself, here I was turning to God for the first time and asking him to change me. Because I, I, I can't make myself be more present, but, but God can make me be more present. So I worked the first nine steps and the blockages between God and myself started to be removed. And I found in step 10, God came into my life and he changed me. So when I started watching my thoughts, I, and I found them wandering, I would discuss it with God. So the first thing I would do was I would thank God for letting me recognize that my mind is wandering because in the past, once my mind started wandering, it could wander for years before I woke up and realized that I wasn't in the here and now. And then I would ask, I would share with God that I know that thinking about whatever it is, the resentment, the obsession, the fear is blocking me from him, but I don't know how to be present. I really don't know how. And I would ask him to come into my life and do for me what at that time I couldn't do for myself, which to be, be present. And then I took an opposite action, which was to turn my thought from what I was thinking of to, to something, in, to something in, in the present. And it would only last for a few moments. So either I would close my eyes and listen to the sounds around me, or I would look around at the colors around me. I would uh, repeat a short prayer and try to say it slowly with concentration or review a spiritual concept. And I would try to do that every time uh, I found my mind wandering, but there was a limit to how many times I could do that in the day in the beginning. And so then I would either start listening to a share to keep my mind busy or listen to a TED talk, uh, listen to music and sing with it, watch a YouTube video, really anything just to keep my mind off those dangerous places that it was going to. And in the beginning, my mind would, I, my ability to be present was very, very limited. And I felt like all day long, all I 
all I'm doing is watching my mind go off course. But then the thought came to me that if I'm watching my thoughts and they go off course, and that let's say they go off course 50 times a day, or I recognize that it goes off course 50 times a day, and that brings me to 50 prayers a day and 50 opposite actions of being consciously present during a day, then that's great. And and there's um, and already there's I'm, I'm moving forward. Today I find that when my mind wanders, I generally I pause, I take a few slow deep breaths, and I ask God to help me know that everything is exactly as it should be. And then I set an intention for what I'm doing. And I ask myself, who do I want to be in this situation standing before God? Because in the past I would ask myself. Who do I want to be standing before this person who's annoying me or this situation that I'm not happy with? And that's, that always leads me further off course. So I want to know, with the situation as it is, standing before God, who do I want to be? What actions would my creator want me to take? Where, where would he want my thoughts to be? And I find that I need to be constantly reminded that there's a spiritual world that we've entered the spiritual world and that it's right, it's just beyond the physical world. Because when I don't remember that, I get all emotionally invested in the specific results. And when I'm invested in a specific result, I become manipulative and controlling and impatient and resentful. And when I remember that there's a spiritual world beyond the physical world, then my mind quiets down. And when my mind is quiet, I'm much more likely to hear God's guidance or intuitively know what to do. So there are several things that I found very helpful to constantly remind myself that there is a spiritual world. One is I tell myself this all day long. I just keep on repeating there's a spiritual world beyond the physical world, that I'm spirit, I'm a part of God, that wherever I go, God is with me, that everyone else is spirit, a part of God. And I do that when I'm doing any activity that doesn't need my full concentration. Um, when people call me, uh, when it's appropriate, I tell them about the spiritual world. I write about it. I call people who will remind me about the spiritual world. Um, I read spiritual readings and meditate on it. And I find that the more that I do this, the more I'm able to watch my thoughts and become aware when my mind wanders earlier and earlier on in the wandering. And then I can uh, follow the instructions of step 10. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Um, Devoiri, would you like to share? Yeah, hi, it's Devoiri. Thank you so much for all your shares. They've been really, really helpful to me. Um, I find the step 10 a really, it's quite a fundamental way of, I think the first nine steps for me was just changing my understanding of the world completely. I really believed until then as you know, part of step three that I, my vision for how the world and everyone in it should be is perfect and wonderful and I need to fight for that all the time. And then I was working towards new beliefs, working towards six and seven and asking God to help me change. But step 10 is what it's actually putting into practice because it, in my day-to-day -day life, my ego keeps on bringing me back to my old way of thinking. And what I used to do before I was doing this, making this a fundamental part of my life, is either go with it and spend a long time in with these resentments and fears, start off as a small resentment of fears and go off to um, somewhere a lot further where I would have wanted them to start off, 
or just sit and say, well, this is hopeless, this doesn't work for me, I obviously haven't done my steps properly, I don't do enough step work, look where I am, it's, it's really going back to the same place. And step 10 is so simple in the way of stopping and saying, I'm disturbed now, God help me take this away. Um, and I think for me, that's that first step of getting into um, into the present instead of living in a fantasy of that's past, past and the future. Is when I stop and say, I am disturbed now, I have disturbed thinking now, I'm actually in the moment because that is what is happening, not what the other person is doing or what the other person has done or what is going on in my life. It's my thinking is not where I want it to be now. God help me. And that turning to God is um, a reminder for me already that what I have been working on and meditating on and I try and do that as often as I can throughout the day, that God's world is perfect and everything right now is exactly the way it ought to be. And I want to align myself with that instead of trying to fit the universe around my distorted thinking, which is what got me here. And... um, I find that this is um, a step that I need to take with God. Um, I used to, in the beginning of my journey, and especially before I learned about step 10 with the sponsor, I thought this meant calling someone to share, which is, as was shared, calling someone and saying, do you know what a terrible thing is going on in my life? Because really, I just want sympathy then, and I want validation. Say, yes, exactly, the world is wronging you, everyone's terrible, and you're wonderful. And step 10 is about coming to God and saying, God, my thinking is taking me to places where I don't want to go. God, help me with my thinking. And it's, I can do that and I can do that. And the rest time with God and sit. putting in a positive thought is um, difficult for me because um, I have a lot of resistance from my ego and saying things like, I don't want to think about positive thoughts because it's still... It's, it's, I want to sit in this um, resentment and fear. And this is where that asking God to help me and telling God help me because I want to put in a different way of thinking is where I'm bringing God in. I'm not trying to fight myself where I've tried doing that in therapy. I've tried doing that before I came to program. It never worked. I think my ego is myself. It's all part of one thing. And when I fight, it's what I resist persists. So I'll be saying it's stupid to go there, but it's the more I'm fighting with myself instead of bringing God in. I don't win that battle. I just become a bigger mess than before I started. Um, I find the prayers really helpful. Um, The step 11 prayer and even the serenity prayer or the step three prayers, like when I can kind of let go and, and bring myself in that moment out of this fight with myself and into the world of the spirits where I'm trying to go with what I'm trying to bring in my life and work a program. These prayers are a helpful way of helping me see that it's God who's running the world, um, not me. And that is really the antidote to all that sort of thinking. Um, and um, the promises are really really um unbelievable i'm grateful and i start to see a little bit of it in my life um that i have a new attitude without any thought this is where god is taking things from me and suddenly i can look at situations differently to how i've ever looked at them um there's a certain safety when i'm not fighting that whole world i feel safe and protected when i'm um 
giving my will and life over to God, it's it's a practical way of doing it that goes much further than a step through because it's in that moment and when I'm living in that moment with God and there's just this moment of focusing on doing God for the moment, it's the safest and most protective place I can be and this is for someone I've spent my whole life in in such extreme fear because I could say terror, it was it's wonderful to start seeing this in my life and I'm very grateful for it. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, Risey, would you like to share? Hi, it's Risey. Um, yeah, step 10 is, is just an amazing um, step for me. Um, thank you everyone for your shares. For me, it's being present and living, living life in the moment, moment by moment. Um, when I did this, I think I felt like a real shake-up. It's like, um, it just made the program real for me. It was like, this is a program of action. And um, somehow I just felt that putting it in, it just put all the all the steps into place. And, and it just, um, I just realized that how much I need God in my life. And um, just realized how much I really wasn't so present before. Like, even though I was trying to do this, the steps and, and, and this really actually helped me to live. Um, to live with God in my life and um, I felt God's love in my day and it helped me just to move, it helps me to move forward um, to help me accept that my challenge is a life and believing everything exactly how, how it should be um, and for me every day is a, is a day like Tim said before and if I don't do that connection and I don't do that morning, um, morning meditation I just feel like I lost that day um, or, I mean, if I don't connect in the day, then I generally will get into trouble and act out with my character defects, worry about the future. So um, this is something I really feel like I have to do. Um, and it's, again, bringing up the selfish dishonesty, uh, resentment of fear, and it's looking and where, usually where you spot it, you got it. Like, um, And it's up to me, my willingness to try to um, get out of the destructive thoughts and turn to, turn to do the... Um, Tend to do something to someone else, or and like it says, love and tolerance and co-this principles really brings brings me back to reality. Um, it's just just taking me away from my um, selfish thoughts and um, to see that each person is doing their best in their moment and to look at them as powerless. Um, and um, I think just want to share my sponsor once told me an analogy um, when you stand in the you know you standing by the traffic light and you see red, um, you stop. And then when you see green, you're still not sure if you should go forward. And um, then you stay there, and then it's red again. And that vicious cycle is um, is me not sure with my decisions and myself. And that's why I have to remember that the worst the worst can happen is I made a mistake. And that's why I ask um, God, how can I how can I best serve the I will not mind be done. Um, it's for me just one step forward, trying to um, do something spiritual and. The realize the problem is in my thinking and when I take it to God um, I'm, I'm already a little I'm, I'm already feeling a little bit better so yes I might have made that mistake um, but what will I do next time and how can I how can I go so from here so thank you everyone for your shares and thank you for listening Um, it looks like we may have lost Tim.
Evan, do you want to maybe stop the recording? I, th I think we've come to the end of the meeting, so we can yeah. close it out. Oh, there's Tim. Yeah, sorry. I, um, I've had trouble with the computer. So I'm back again. So that's all we've got time for. I'm going to stop the recording now. Uh, we're, thank you to everyone who participated today.